the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. This fall is shaping up to be an incredible time to be a sports fan, and there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. Home to incredible storytellers, relentless reporters, and insightful analytic analysts. The Athletic delivers everything you need in every sport. That matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams, and get a personalized feed ad-free that you simply cannot find anywhere else. Start today. Visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off your first year subscription. We're going to bring in Scott Allen and bounce around the sports world as we've been doing on these Sunday night episodes. It's tough not to look away right now. Everything is happening. It's all kind of maximum stress level. Um, week three of the NFL season, I, we didn't really know what to take of this because... There were so many impactful injuries that we knew players were going to be out this week. It's shaping up pretty nicely here. And uh, we're sitting here just before the Sunday night football game, Green Bay, New Orleans, which has tons of action in itself and, uh, you, know, you know, plenty to anticipate there. So we'll certainly comment on that at Twitter at SpotTrack and on the website as well. I've got a bunch of articles primed for this week, including that Major League Baseball extension candidate list where I'm going to evaluate probably 20 to 25 players who could be getting paid in Major League Baseball and speaking of which, we're going to start here with the playoffs. The postseason is set for Major League Baseball. Today was the final day of the regular season. All that crazy math and, 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 and kind of craziness that went into the expanded playoff system that came right down to the wire for three or four teams today is now sorted out. We know the matchups. We're going to talk about the payrolls and maybe give some picks and opinions on that as well. Flip to basketball because we do have a Western Conference champion in the Lakers I think that's pretty much to be expected for a lot of folks out there. Maybe the Clippers were on your list, but the Lakers were certainly 1 or 1A on everybody's list. We'll talk a little bit about that and, of course, the partying Denver Nuggets and their incredible run through the postseason. Then, of course, some football. We'll spin through some of this Week 3 stuff. Some of these players who, look, I, I throw a list out every week of extension candidates, and the reason I do it is because they're all kind of playing for their next deal right now, like in, in live, in real time. I'm not making mention of the franchise tagged players because obviously those guys are locked in until January. They can't be touched contractually. So, you know, the guys that I'm talking about are your Aaron Jones, your Chris Godwins, those players. Every week, their value, their stock goes up and down. And uh, it's really neat to kind of follow them under, under those goggles, which is sort of a benefactor of this website for Scott and I. I know that we're kind of watch sports differently, having such a close tie to the business side of it now. But let's bring in Scott Allen on the Hip Parade Hotline. Like I said, start with some baseball, get to some basketball, and then we will dive into this week three of the NFL. Scott, welcome back to the show. Baseball, both our teams are out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, they are. We're going to be closet Cleveland Indians fans for the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. That's kind of the other family tradition here. So we'll, uh, we'll hop on board that train, which I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. That's a fun team to watch. They've had about 11 walk-offs in the past week and a half. So if you haven't been following Cleveland, that's a really fun team. Other than that, this expanded playoffs, you know, love it or, or like it, take it or leave it. it we're, it's here. It's an interesting group of postseason teams. Some of these teams I, thought, I think we thought were a year away. We mentioned that last week on the show with Sarah Langs. You know, the, the White Sox, the Padres, the Athletics, good teams. Could have gone either way, I think, on those. But they're here. And, oh, by the way, they're, they're well locked in, those teams. Those teams didn't just get in. Those teams are well in. The teams that just got in, right, are the Yankees and the Brewers and the Reds. That's a surprise team, of course. But you had some uh, – we had a pretty good run of 60 games for some of these teams. Which one, just before we dive into the numbers, which maybe one or two just kind of stand out for you? Well, <laughs> Miami stands out big time. Uh, seeing I was as trying to avoid it as a Mets fan, but, yeah, we gotta go, we got to go there. <laughs> You do, because everyone wrote them off that, what is this team going to be? And then they're, they're the sixth seed in here in the playoffs. So you got to go there. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what Jeter and them do with that team moving forward, seeing as what they've done in this, uh, in this truncated season that we've had. Um, I, I think other teams that I have my eye on are Atlanta, and uh, you mentioned San Diego. So those are the teams that I, I got my eye on in the National League there. And then in the uh, American League, Oakland um, and 
Houston's always going to be in it. I mean, yeah, but that Verlander injury's got to got to have it, a, it is, a nail right. in their coffin, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's push back a little here. So you mentioned San Diego and Oakland. I think what's neat about that is those are two cities that lost their football team over the past two years. So it's kind of neat that they've got a baseball team to root for this year that are doing pretty darn good. Obviously, Oakland, you know, the two seed in the American League, which that's that's saying something for sure. I mean, Billy Bean has done this before, but I'm not sure he's done it to quite this level. And San Diego, I thought, was maybe a year away, but they spent big. They went big at the trade deadline, and they are the fourth four seed of the National League. So kind of neat that they've, uh, you know, that fan base that was certainly, I'm sure, hurt badly by football leaving town now has pretty darn good baseball teams to root for. Yes, I'm avoiding the Miami Marlins situation again. Uh, <laughs> not that I don't believe in them. I, I saw them plenty of, uh, watching all basically all 58 Mets games this season. They can hit the ball. They are scrappy. They are annoying. I can't believe their pitching held up. I did see they had a Jose Urena uh, is going to be out for the entire postseason. That's just kind of breaking news here. So that's going to be tough for them to get over with already what I consider to be somewhat weak in terms of their pitching staff. So, uh, you know, incredible that they're here, that they're a six seed in this, in this postseason. Uh, I'm just not going to put a whole ton of stock in them. I put more stock in Cincinnati than I would Miami right now. And uh, like I said, I think San Diego is here to stay. To me, that's the yeah, team. That's too. the fun team. They can, get, they can only get better, in my opinion. Those t- the, the veterans they brought in are savvy. If they can stay healthy, they're going to be big parts of that roster. Certainly the kids are fun. Machado, you know, the Machado signing was laughable initially, right? Like what is San Diego doing with this? And all of a sudden we realized that, that, that Tatis and Machado are going to be one of the best one-two punches in all of baseball for the next couple of seasons. And there's no denying that. So they go out and get a stud veteran, veteran pitcher, like maybe a Trevor Bauer here to go with Mike Clevenger, who's already there. You know, his old buddy from Cleveland. I have no idea what kind of relationship that is because I know Bauer can be his own animal. And we now know Clevenger is much of the same. But he's going to be the, the top free agent on the market right now in terms of pitching. And if San Diego is a team that says we, we're one pitcher away from becoming a two seed in the National League, then that's what they're going to go and do. I, I agree with you. It's the Dodgers series to lose. Atlanta is as talented, but they just fall apart in the postseason. We've seen it now they for do. three straight seasons. So, you know, maybe they can compete and contend. But I, I don't even like them much against the Cincinnati team for in the in the first matchup. I think that's a tough matchup for them there because Cincinnati's young and scrappy. The American League is where I want to focus, Scott, here in terms of the numbers because you're looking at the same sheet I am here. If you paid a lot of money in the American League, you probably did it wrong this year. Now, yes, the number one pay the number one payroll in baseball, the Yankees are here, but they get an awful matchup in the first round against that Cleveland team I prefaced in the open that are just firing on all cylinders. They, maybe, they, may, they, they do have the best pitcher in the league in Shane Bieber. He's going to win the Cy Young. It's not even a question mark at this point. But Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole to start that series is going to be fun as heck. And I would swing all the momentum to Cleveland here, all of it. Um, I realize they're going to, it's going to be a bubble situation, so you're taking away home field and all that. Um, and that's a whole other discussion to have. I don't want to get into that yet. We're going to have plenty of time to discuss the, the neutral site situation. But let's just talk about the numbers, Scott. Go ahead and... <laughs> Go ahead and give me the uh, the breakdown of the, of the top four seeds in terms of 2020 payroll. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. You got the Dodgers at number two. Yeah. Milwaukee and Toronto at eight. And then uh, Tampa Bay at 28. Yep. Let's just start with so, the American League. Actually. I mean, the, the, these are the top four seeds in the American League this this postseason. Payroll. Rank. Oh, oh, okay. Pay, I see what Payroll you're ranks. Right. 28th. Yes. 26th. 21st and 24th. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, that's bonkers. No top 20 payroll in the American League made the made the made the postseason. Nuts, nuts. That's nuts in terms of the the, well, big, the big seeds, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I, you mentioned Oakland and San Diego with their football teams leaving. Tampa Bay, they've been up in the air for so many years, and with the conversation of going to Montreal yeah. or not, and you know. It, that that team is always in there. They have such a good team. They're they're a nine, they've been a 90-win team for three seasons. Yeah, Nobody wants and, to admit it because you're right. They're bad for baseball in that in that location right now. They just don't sell tickets, and, and they certainly don't sell TV rights, but, that's for sure. But but where I'm going is, you know, we lo- everyone loves the, the movie Moneyball. Yeah. There's got to be a book written for Tampa Bay because it's year in and year out that they, they next man up, bring them in, 
their their payroll is so low, but they're able to produce so well on the field. Well, some of this 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 one seed, and by the way, Tampa Bay is the one seed, which is crazy, but they're the one seed in the American League. Some of this credit has to go to the Pittsburgh Pirates because the Pittsburgh Pirates took Chris Archer off Tampa's hands for Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows and somebody else. I, can't, I don't have it in front of me, but that's enough right there. I mean, that is mm-hmm. franchise changing. That's an immediate right. impact trade. Yes, Pittsburgh should have got a starting pitcher out of the fact, but Archer can't really stay healthy, and Tampa knew that. That's why they, they sold high on him. And uh, look, they, 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 like I said, they've been a 91 team competing with the Yankees and the Red Sox in that division. And the Glasnow trade just put them right over the edge. They are now, they're the favorites. And they're going to be the favorites next year too, no matter what the Yankees do this offseason, no matter what Boston tries to do on a quick rebuild. It's going to be Tampa's division right now. And this year proves it. I, I understand it's a shortened season, but you, you roll in with the 28th highest payroll and you get the number one seed in the American League. You get all the credit in the world for me. That's, that's money ball to the, to the T right there. You're right. The Dodgers, the second payroll, they get the number one seed. The, the National League is kind of a different conversation to some degree. I mean, your one through five seeds are all top 13 payrolls. And then we get the Marlins, who are the 27th payroll. So, so generally speaking, if you, uh, you kind of went in on free agency or, or extensions in terms of your own players, it worked out. Certainly that the Dodgers have plenty of miles to feed, and they fed them all this year. Um, and, but look, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. And by the way, you mentioned the Tampa Bay front office. That's a Dodgers front office transplant, Scott. So that's a guy who knows when to spend, knows when not to spend. Look, the Dodgers do have the second payroll, but a lot of that is an active roster. A lot of that has to do with cleaning up some fat that they had on that, on that team, and, and they go through iterations. They're, they're, they're generally speaking, they kind of rebuild on the fly, so they're going to have some last iteration money still left over from what they're trying to do right now. But if you look at that roster, Bellinger's dirt cheap, Corey Seager's dirt cheap, that Dustin May's dirt cheap, that they're not loaded with veteran contracts. Like back in the old days, that's how you won, right? You loaded up with experience and high paid players and tried to win it. Those days are done. They're totally done. The Braves are similar. They've got the rookies under contract. I mean, Acuna and Albies did sign their deals, but they're bridge deals. They're like I mentioned on the last show, they're, it's a hundred million over the next like eight years for Acuna, which, you know, when we talk about his numbers, it's already a steal for Atlanta what they've done. So good for them. Their young pitching is here. They've got some more pitching coming up the pipeline. So if this is the year they want to push through and compete, I I, I would bet on that. Um, I haven't seen any of the odds yet. It's probably too early to go and look, go and find those. But that's the next step for us, probably for our Thursday show, Scott. Is we start to look at these matchups and now figure out. Which one of these long shots can get can get it done? Can anybody overtake the Dodgers? I'm not sure I'd place that bet in the National League. But look, we've we've raved about Tampa, but Toronto had a hot streak. The White Sox were red hot and then tailed off here. You know, we know what Houston can do, but like I said, they're going to be limited. I, I'm sitting here, look right now at Cleveland in that four seed is probably going to be the best odds in the American League to overtake everybody, uh, just because mm-hmm. of how they can pitch, how deep their bullpen can be, even though it's scary at times. But that's probably the best long shot odds without looking at this point. Any final thoughts here? Are you shocked by anybody? Or is this kind of, with, with the expanded playoffs, is it tough to be shocked? Yeah, I think it is tough to be shocked. I think uh, my, my final thoughts would be, uh, I know MLB, I, I went to the app to see if they had like a red zone going on. And you actually had, <laughs> you, could, you could pull it up. It, it was in their, their enhanced feature um, or if you went to MLB Network on on TV, you could get the red their red zone version running. They need to do more of that yeah. when there's multiple games going on, just popping over and back and forth. I mean, with with all the races that were going going on, I mean, it was just phenomenal. I, I think Jeff Passan had done that there were 44 possibilities that yeah. could have come out and yeah. he did all the math and laid it out in an article this With morning. some beautiful and, mind and just, shit is what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, but the, the fact that it, that it came down to all of those scenarios made it even more impactful uh, for the last day. Now from major league baseball, it's not standpoint, a bad idea at all. Just for this day, just for this day. Right. Just, right. just it, give us the action all day long on one MLB network driven. Yeah, I love it. I love that idea. 
Or even even if they stocked up their schedule where on a Saturday or a Sunday during the summer and you've got five or six, seven, eight games going all at the same time, give give us a whatever you would call it, a red yeah. zone type yeah. thing where you they're just popping back and forth and getting different commentation and all of that just to spice things up because you know mm. you can only have so many things running at the same time but everyone talks about red zone and how it bounces back and forth and i think it's something that major league baseball is missing from you know the, the, their television product does the dh stay i think it stays does expanded I, I playoffs think, stay i think it does do seven inning double headers stay I, I do. I think it does. I think one of those three stays. I think the DH for sure. I, I, I don't know how this expanded playoffs is going to work. And here's the reason. It's such you a long... think water down? In a, normal, in a normal marathon season in the 162, which I also don't think is going to change yet, unfortunately. And as much as I love baseball, I think I would like to see some sort of cutback, less injuries, more impactful regular season. But that's my point. If you play a 162 and you're the one seed... I mean, you know, and there's no buys. Yeah. Well, what's the value in that? What's the value of working so hard to be the one seed when all these teams get in anyway? Even the, you know, the, the middling teams. Hell, we had two teams under 500 get in. It's never happened. But because of this system, they're in. So I, I think that one probably doesn't happen yet. DH probably yes. Oh, last one, the extra innings. Uh, oh, yeah. Run um, around second. I think it has to stay, even if it's gimmicky. I think so too. Even if it's gimmicky and it seems so lame, we we just can't have nine-hour games. Can't do it. No, you can't, can't have games. It. Can't going do it for TV. Can't no. do it for fan appreciation. And to, to piggyback off the point I just made, it's a long season anyway. I, I don't want one game in the middle of June to ruin a team's bullpen for two weeks. Which that's what happens. That's what happens. So I, I think I, as gimmicky as that one is, it probably has to stay. I, I, I said the expanded playoff stay for the fact of they've lost money. It's money. And they're going to they're, they're gonna want to have expanded point, playoffs because it's a way of making up for the lost revenue this year. And it, 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 we'll, we'll see how the games actually play out. And I agree. If you're a one seed, you'd like that buy. But, you know, if it, if it gets the money and the revenue back to the players – in, in to the front office and the in the owners yeah. that's what they're going to want to do because otherwise you know it's going to be a, a a slow trickle to get that revenue back if you're cutting your playoffs in half for the following season yeah i would agree with that too all right two more baseball points then we'll move on here uh in your neck of the woods it's kind of hard to look away from juan soto right now even though he has not in the postseason the final numbers on juan soto 351 batting average, a 490 on base, a 695 slug, 13 homers, 37 RBIs, 39 runs scored, only 28 strikeouts. If you prorate those over 162 games, it's not a bad little season right there for a player who didn't play every game. By the way, he, he missed some time. He's 21 years old. This is the best hitter in baseball. <laughs> That's what yes, that is. Absolutely. He's the absolutely. best hitter in baseball. He's clutch. He doesn't try to hit the ball out of the ballpark every single time he's up. He's, uh, he's just well-experienced past 21 years old. So the, the sky is the limit for this kid. It's, and I wanted to get that in because he's kind of the National League version of what we've seen for so long out of Mike Trout, which is the final point I need to make because the Angels finally did something <laughs> right. They yes, canned they their GM. And, I, and I'm never for one somebody losing their job. I really am. I'm not an advocate for that. I don't gloat about that on Twitter or anything like that. But this one, a, a chip had to fall. And if you weren't going to trade him, which they made that clear when they signed him to that 12-year extension, you know, at least not for a few years, he's going to be in, in, in Los Angeles, Mike Trout. This had to change because too many things went wrong. You, you acquire too many damn hitters, <laughs> right, to put around mm. the best hitter in baseball when you needed three pitchers. And we talked about this you know, in February and in March and, and, and kind of constantly over the past really two, three years now, they just have not gotten this right. And, you know, part of this might be just freaking lose, just tank and go get an ace. We've, se we've seen so many young pitchers come in and play well 
even on bad teams, come in and, and pitch well. You don't need, you know, the next coming of Clayton Kershaw to get to get wins on a mound right now. These guys are going five and a half, six innings from for the most part. You don't need workhorses. You need guys who can throw strikes, who've got three to four pitches. I realize that's saying a lot, but this is the team that ne- this team needs it, and this player in Mike Trout deserves it. Uh, it's finally the right move. Let's bring in somebody with a little bit more of an analytical approach and somebody who knows the pitching <laughs> in this league, who knows the pitching. And I mentioned San Diego for Trevor Bauer. If the, if the Angels don't up the offer, whatever it is, <laughs> if the yes. Angels aren't all in on Trevor Bauer, if it's one year and $40 million, because I know Trevor Bauer wants one-year deals. He's talked about this. He's got yes, a very he forward-thinking approach. He's a very analytical guy himself. A little quirky, a little out there, but I kind of like that about him. But if the Angels are not all in on this and every other trade request, if the Mets want to trade Syndergaard after this Tommy John situation, Angels should be listening. I, I mean, everybody who's available, this new GM's got to sit down and say, our pitching needs to be 140% better because we've got this guy right now. And oh, by the way, Anthony Rendon might be one of the top five b- b- batters in the league right around him as well. So... It, They've got enough. If they need to offload up, then if they don't need to get rid of Pujols for sure and offload it, you know, buy him out for the last year, do what you got to do to cut some payroll, to get yourself where you have to be and go all in on a pitching staff. Whoever you are, new GM, <laughs> I'm speaking kind of globally here, but I, I'm not the only person in the world saying this, I'm sure. And uh, this is step one. So let's get this fixed from Mike Trout because, boy, I'd like to see him, him on the Major yeah. League Baseball red zone a heck of a <laughs> lot more. Let's put it that yeah. way. Agreed all, uh, all with all that. All right, let's put it back to your neck of the woods. Basketball. We had a uh, Western Conference final finish yesterday. I didn't see a lick of it because there's too many sports and too, many, too much school stuff going on with kids. That's just my fault. But I assume the Lakers looked good enough to, uh, to easily move on here. It looks like they kind of sat LeBron for most of the second half, and then he came in and kind of finished it off as he generally does in basketball games. Anthony Davis... <laughs> Yeah, you know, isn't playing much defense right now, and I don't think that's an accident. I really no, don't. No, not at all. I know he's not been getting a lot of flack for his rebound numbers and things like that. This just feels like LeBron saying, "Hey, man, pump the brakes a little bit. We don't even need you doing that stuff right now. You know, let's wait till we get, till we got a seven game series in the, in the championship finals, and then we all go all in, and then we get four months off, and we t- we talk about it later. You know what I mean? That's LeBron's. That's been his philosophy now for the past ten years." And he's, he's and certainly work. he's educating other players right now. He's educating exactly. Anthony Davis to say, you don't need to go full bore 100% of the time like Jamal Murray was because look what happened. It was inevitable that Mark Murray was going to get dinged up. Just inevitable. So t- give me Denver. Give me Denver's walking away papers here. What, what's the situation for them next year? Financially speaking, is anybody going to need a contract, uh, free agents, all that good stuff? Yeah, they're already over the cap. Uh, like we said, the other uh, last week, we, we moved the cap down to the 109, and so right now they're, they're over the cap. Uh, Jokic is going to be making 28.5. Jamal Murray's max contract kicks in at 27.2. Um, and then Gary Harris is at 19, Will Barton at 13. They've got a couple non-guaranteeds that they could waive and um, save a little – save some space there potentially. Um, but then Paul Millsap, he is a free agent. Mason Plumley, he's a free agent. So you've got two what sort do you of do big there? men there. Yeah, what do you do there? You know, you can't, you can't bring Paul Millsap back on a, a large contract. I mean, we, we saw what he was. He was sort of a shell of himself. So if you're, if you're Denver, you, you may have to – uh, make a trade like other teams have just because Denver is not usually a free agent destination. Right. So they're going to have to get, nor do they have the space, of, nor do they have the space. So they're going to have to get you uh, some uniqueness to them or they, they ride with what they have and they sign some guys at exceptions or minimum deals, sort of like the Lakers have done. Yeah. Uh, they will have some exceptions that they can use uh, which are to be determined based on the, the cap and where that's going to be. Uh, they have some uh, trade exceptions that are really low, so it's not really going to help them bring in a, another marquee player. Um, but what they, what could happen, to be completely honest, is not that a team is going to 
maybe pull the trigger on this, but if for some reason a team really wants Paul Millsap or Mason Plumley, they could facilitate a sign and trade and they could get an asset or two back based on that. So that, that, that sign and trade is going to be uh, much more known just like it was last off season. It's going to be known again here with the, the situation that the cap is going to be in, in Denver, maybe one of those teams that has to facilitate it, or maybe they bring Paul Millsap on a lower value um, just to have another body in the presence and in the experience of him being on Denver uh, just to sort of um, weather the storm with the cap going down. Yeah. So the cap, staying the same, the cap going down is going to make it interesting for a lot of these option players. And, and one that Denver has that you mentioned here is Jeremy Grant, who really kind of had a nice postseason here. I mean, he's, he he's streaky, he's spotty. It's kind of when, whenever he, he gets uh, selected to be used right by his superstar <laughs> yeah, right. players, Yep. but he's athletic as hell. He has been since college in Syracuse. Uh, that's kind of his game. But whenever he finds that stroke, he becomes extremely valuable. He's sitting on a nine and change option, nine million and change. With the cap dropping, does he just want to be on this team? Do you just opt into that? Or with a fairly lame free agent class and him having made a small name for himself now in this postseason, does he take the chance, opt out, and see what he can get out there? Mm, I, think he, I think he opts in. Uh, you take that chance of opting out and being a free agent. And then you take that chance signing something at a larger value. But again, that would have to be a sign and trade most likely because we're talking a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of teams that nobody has to have the space to take them on. So I think, like I said, it's going to be a weather the storm situation. Now, if he opts in, as soon as he opts in Denver could trade him if they wanted to. So that's true. um, and at 9.3, you could bring back some guys that might match or if you added some other guys in there. So uh, I think he is one that is going to opt in uh, to get that $9.3 million and then Denver, will, uh, they'll assess from there. Does Denver need a big man? I mean, do they want Jokic playing big man minutes or is he more of that power forward kind of guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Kevin Durant is tall. Yeah. <laughs> but there's not a chance he's a five. I mean, not on any day is he a five. He's not, he didn't, they don't even want him in the paint to be honest. So is no, that, and he that, can shoot the three. So, I mean, he can that str- stretch five. They're going to take that, uh, especially with how everything is going in the league right now. And yeah. you, and Michael Porter jr. I mean, we saw him, uh, rise up to some of the occasions there as well. So, um, do they need another one? It, if they think they need a, a, another big, I, I don't know. I mean, if they really want another big, they can bring back Millsap or Plumley, who knows the system, right. and and bring someone else, that another shooter. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think that's probably... Let, let me put it this way. Go. Let me put it this way. We're all going to assume that the Anthony Davis situation is going to remain in, in Los Angeles, right? I mean, he's also yeah, got I think a, so. he's also got the player option, but yeah, you know, now that they're at the finals, whether they win or not, I, I would imagine they've done enough to show that they should keep this band together for another year at least. Um, Denver couldn't keep up with that. No, they couldn't. I mean, the Lakers were big, one of the biggest teams in the entire league, and if if they know, I mean, if if this is Denver's window, if this is the Jokic Murray window right now. They got to get bigger, in my opinion. I don't think they're big enough to keep up with the Lakers. It's not like the Lakers guards beat them. <laughs> not for darn sure. You know, Rondo and KBC didn't beat him. Didn't beat, didn't beat Denver Nuggets. So I, I'd be looking at a halfway decent free agent list of big men. But you're right. How do you afford these players? Do you have to facilitate a, a, a trade for one of these shooters? You know, I, it's going to be such a weird offseason because of the cap dropping. For well, all of these teams, I feel like there may be dozens of trades, Scott, small ones, just to make free agent signings work. You, you know, you're going to have to, it, you're not going to be able to, to poach a guy off the market openly because nobody has the space just to make a, even like a $15 million contract work. So it's going to have to be one or two or three teams kind of bending and folding to make all the numbers kind of fit and match. So I, I, if they got to get bigger, and I don't think Plumlee is a long-term answer for them. Maybe, maybe Plumlee would be over 
Millsap, I think from an age standpoint, that might make more sense. But I'm looking at a list where Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. Hassan Whiteside, Serge Ibaka seems like a really nice fit, even though I don't know Toronto will let them walk. You're going to have Andre Drummond, I would imagine, uh, if he doesn't opt out or if he doesn't opt in, excuse me. There's just a halfway decent list of big men sitting on this free agent list on our site. And to me, that's one of the pieces that Denver needs. They need to get bigger and stronger inside to be able to handle what would I imagine be their biggest competition in Denver. Yeah, you, you, you do. You make a good point with that. Um, and keep, let's keep in mind, Denver played without Will Barton too. So that's a 16-point player who was not there, um, who contributed quite a bit during the season. And so they really missed him. So if, if they would have had him, uh, it, it could have been – I think the Lakers would still have won, but it may have gone an extra game or maybe extra two. Okay, so um, saying that, then, is is Gary Harris on the trade block for you? Um, I mean, that's 19 and change. I think anything with Denver, I think anything is open yeah. because you, you, you have to do something to get over that next hump. And if... You can get two solid players for someone like Gary Harris. Then I think you pull the trigger, especially if it's two players at like a 10 and a nine that is going to produce at maybe 10 or 20 percent more than what Gary Harris would for two players. Then, yeah, I think you you pull the trigger on that, because at, at this point, you Denver has to do what they're going to do to get over that hump, because it, Free agents aren't going to want to go there, so they're going to have to trade. You know, and that's what they did with Jeremy Grant. I, they they traded with uh, Oklahoma okay, City to yeah. take him. Yeah. You know what, though? You don't think that this postseason run's going to change that mindset a little bit? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of players out there that wouldn't mind playing with Jamal Murray right now. Oh, definitely. I, 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 I have I to think the stock is trending yeah. up for this team in terms of, you know, value from other players from across the league. I I would think this would be one of the teams I'd be gravitating to. This more than Utah, I put it that way. I'd pick Denver over Utah right now. I'd pick Denver over Portland right now. (laughs) Yeah. And OKC might break all up. We have no idea what's going to happen in Houston in terms of the coaching. Uh, To me, this is truly the second or the third most attractive team in the West. It's, It's LALA and then this right here. But I don't know if I want to be anywhere near that LA team, that Clippers team right now. You know, mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation. But like, let's keep it on Denver. Yeah, that's they could do nothing and hope that one more year gets them over the hump. But I feel like that's what, exactly what they did last year. Remember, we talked about their continuity. It was a big we in our in our preseason discussions. They were kind of the sleepers because you know you know who they are. They're the Tampa Bay freaking Rays. Just solid, <laughs> solid, solid. We don't really remember them for half the year. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's playoff time. And here they are again, just annoyingly. And they, maybe they knock up a couple of teams off and then they go away. They're the Rays. So now the Rays are the one seed. Now the Rays have got, gone across that threshold. And they're the one seed in the entire American League. So what does – they need a Pittsburgh Pirates is what they need. Yeah. They need a Pittsburgh Pirates team to, to lend, lend them a big man and a replacement shooter for Gary Harris – to get them over that hump. There we go. We just solved the problem right there with baseball. <laughs> baseball cures also. Yeah, and, it, and, and that team is young. I mean, yeah. right now with who they have on, they're the sixth youngest team for going into 2020. So, hmm. I mean, they could definitely bring in some veteran experience if they, like you just said, they could go poach someone off of a team that knows they're not going to be very good, who is the a fourth or fifth best player on their team which may put them over the hump in in denver so but it'll come down to do they want to give up gary harris do they want who who else do they potentially want to give up on top of that like i said they they have three guys right now who have non-guarantees are they going to let those guarantee are they going to just use them as a trade piece to go somewhere else uh do they throw in some picks or picks don't help with matching salaries. But um, again, Paul Millsap and the Palmy, if some team wants either of those players, I'm down on him. I'm down on him. He's 35. No, I, I mean, I am too, I, but I'm saying if, if it's a, to a team where they could get something back for him, sure. then 
you pull the trigger if you can do so because anything is going to be an upgrade over what Paul Millsap did. And and you're right. The, the, the cap, the cap squeeze situation is going to make teams want to, you know, teams that want to change their rosters, they're not going to have a choice. They're going to have to use the trade. So they're going to have to take on some players like this, especially a bad team that might just want an expiring. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. Well, and, and they have to be careful because again, signing trades hard cap you. So you, you, that's another thing you have to look at when when a team is looking at a trade. Do they want to be hard capped? Are they going to be close to even that luxury tax apron or, you know, like Golden State this year? They were hundreds of thousands of dollars up against that luxury tax yeah. threshold apron because of the signing trade. And so that really hindered them from signing or making certain trades because they didn't have that flexibility. So right now we have the the Nuggets have room. They can do what they need to, but anything is on the table. Last them, question, last question. Can Can you trade the rights to a player? Yeah, so if you if you had drafted a player who is overseas or a guy, I'm actually I'm speaking Millsap. Could Denver trade the rights to like? Could they trade his rights? He he would get traded. Oh, uh, they they wouldn't transfer, right? No, no, because he's he'll be a free agent. If it was a restricted. um, a restricted or like a signed overseas and they have those rights and haven't signed them, but they still retain them. Then they can transfer them. Uh, if they have, well, let me rephrase that. They could trade his rights as long as he doesn't sign with another team. And where I'm thinking is, uh, like Keith Van Horn, um, kind of like the mellow thing. Uh, yeah, not the mellow. I'm Mo Williams. Mm. Mo Williams, his cap hold, his his salary was transferred, but that was during in season. So in his case, no. 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 It had to be a sign in trade. Because he's a free agent. Yeah. Denver would retain his cap hold until signed or they renounce it. I'm I'm running the scenario through my head. All right. I put and, you on the spot there. So yeah. So to clarify all that was just said. It's either Paul Millsap gets signed by another team and his 40.6 cap figure uh, cap hold would be gone for Denver. If uh, they sign him and trade him, then it, it would just go to the other team. And then if for some reason Denver signs him, they retain his rights. So, but we'll see. We will. We All right. Will. Good stuff. Today's episode is sponsored by Hit Parade. Have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet for a fraction of the price? Hit Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in all the sports. Really, all the sports. I mean... It's just been better and better. I, I, I'm addicted to following these on social media. I, I love seeing happy faces and getting pissed off at people getting kangaroo junior cards and things like that. Mahomes cards that I've been dying to get my hands on. Get your box today at Hit Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. Scott, let's switch gears. We are almost all the way through week three here. And our awesome Thursday night game, which just so much fits magic. I can't even I can't even get enough of it. It's ridiculous. The guy is so polarizing. Uh, before I get into my side of it, what stood out for you thus far? Oh, Josh Allen is for real. Okay. Uh, I think we saw that. Uh, another take is I think Trubisky's done. Okay, let's leave that one alone for a second. Obviously, I'm going Bears. And then, um, I think that's about it. I'm scrolling here through the scores, uh, looking to see what we've got. Yeah, I think those are the two takeaways for the most part. Um, I watching watching the Bills game. You know, Allen threw the interception, and I was like, oh no, he's going back to his normal ways of chuck the ball. And but he 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 uh, brought himself back to earth and. He, he is showing that he can 
put the game on his shoulders and he can finish a game, which is good. It's showing that his growth uh, from what he came out from Wyoming to where he is now, he is growing, he's learning. The coaching staff is uh, letting him do what he needs to. uh, and, And it looks like the front office has put players around him to make him better and make that team better. No question. That's a deep team. There's plenty of weapons for him. Uh, he's just got to stay alive. That's he it. He does. He's got to stay alive because he he's still playing pretty reckless football. Uh, he does. The Rams certainly adjusted in the second half and kind of knocked him on his butt a little bit. <laughs> and yes, kept, it, kept him in the pocket, first of all, and he did not look good there. So you're right. He had to kind of push through it. He got, he got through it at the end. A little help from the refs at the end, no question. But, yep, they're real. The Bills are real. That defense is nasty. The offense is deep. They didn't even have their maybe their best running back on the field, and they didn't have their best tight end on the field either. So that team can only get better probably going forward here. It's a pretty tough schedule, but that's a 3-0 and team that I believe, I'm starting to believe in. How about these Seattle Seahawks? It's, I, uh, I, I can't move on without talking about Russ Wilson here because we, we talked early, maybe before the season, we talked about a couple of players who were going to be griping about their money soon. And, you know, Russ is never going to gripe because Russ gets what he gets, and he's got three years left in that contract. He was the highest-paid player heading into 2020, and he's certainly not now, right? I mean, Watson and Mahomes blew him out of the water, certainly speaking. Five more touchdowns, including the game winner against the Cowboys team who looked real good. The Cowboys are waking up, and Seattle punched him in the mouth, and it was because of Russ. Russ is cooking. It's can't say it enough. He had a touchdown taken away from him on a crazy DK Metcalf play, which you got to see the highlight of if you haven't, and got his redemption on the final play with uh, a Metcalf on a deep route. So he's the MVP right now. I put the odds up on Twitter not too long ago. He was the favorite coming into week three. He's going to be the favorite leaving week three because of what he just did to Dallas. So Mm -hmm. this is the team to watch in the NFC. I realize there's some good teams around that, but... This is the team to watch. That defense is going to have to get better because you can't give up the kind of points they're giving up and hope Russ can just be winning in the end every week, which is what he's had to do now two weeks in a row. But this is a, a full real team, as we all kind of figured. But somebody decided to open up the playbook for Russell Wilson this year, and I wonder yes, if that was... Yes, they did. I wonder if that was Russell Wilson's agent <laughs> because <laughs> the timing of this could not be any better. You know, It's not a coincidence that somebody signed a $45 million contract in Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson is playing like this because I don't know how you keep him away from the negotiating table after 2020. If this is the kind of season he's going to put up, like he just can't play yeah. on 35 million anymore because Josh Allen's about yeah. to pass him. Lamar Jackson's about to pass him. And I don't think I have another answer yet because <laughs> the, other, the other conversation I have to have, which I'll get to the bears at the tail end of this is Sam Darnold. And to some degree, Baker Mayfield. Yes, they got to win. They've been sloppy, and they are running the hell out of the ball in Cleveland, which I give them all the credit in the world for. They built this team to do that, and they brought on a coach who was built to do that. So Baker's not going to be flashy. He's not going to be fancy, even though that's kind of his personality. Um, I'm not going to dump on the Browns and Baker just yet. No, Baker's going to have to win some games for that team, and when he does or doesn't, we'll comment on that from, from a contractual standpoint. And, oh, by the way, this is just year three. So... It, it's tough to, to value quarterbacks this early, but we've seen so many decisions being made. You know, I mean, Trubisky, let's get to it. They declined that fifth-year option. They, brought, they traded for a backup, a backup quarterback to compete with them, you know, one that we knew could really handle it. They gave him two weeks. They gave him two weeks and a quarter, <laughs> really. And uh, as you mentioned at the open there, uh, he got benched. Foles came in. Foles went Foles. And Foles won that he game. Did. He, he took another he game away from the Falcons who just don't even deserve our conversation right now. No. But the, uh, I would imagine the Trubisky area is over. He's going to be holding a clipboard until Foles either fades or gets hurt. That's what happened in Jacksonville, of course. But this is what we expected. I think a lot of people saw uh, you know, a trade with a, with a draft pick and a decent amount of guaranteed money. So it's, it's a fourth-round pick and a restructured contract that guarantees tees him $21 million of the of the $24 million he's owed over the next three seasons. That's Nick Foles' situation. But there's tons of incentives, and it looks like he's going to hit a bunch of those. I mean, he can make a million, a million and change just for finishing the season out as a starter. If his QBR is decent, he's going to make a million more. Every playoff win is going to be like 500000 so he's going to add up quickly. If this Bears team, which is now – are they 3-0? 
That's right, right? 3-0. Yeah, so this 3-0 Bears team, which is on track for the postseason now, you know, is going to make Nick Foles more money if he's at the helm. So, you know, nobody's crying for, for the career earnings of Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner Nick Foles. But the Trubisky situation is one to watch here because certainly Watson and Mahomes have leaped way over him. You know, and we can have the conversation now with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in that class because Darnold threw about four and a half, you know, four or five picks. I didn't even see the finish line, but I think he's got four picks. The Jets are terrible. They're going to fire their coach probably as we're speaking. Um, you know, it went Baker, Darnold, mm-hmm. Allen, Rosen, Jackson. That was that draft class. That's not how it's going to line up now, is it? <laughs> not at all. It's going to be the reverse. It's going to be mostly the reverse if you take Josh Rosen out of the conversation. Yep. So funny how that works, um, you know, and the same can be said about the Trubisky draft class, of course. The Bears went up to get him. They passed on Watson, who passed on Mahomes, and that's going to be the reverse as well. There's no question. That's just how it's going to work out. So, you know, don't, don't – uh, don't take those mock drafts too seriously, folks. That's all I'm saying. Have fun with them. Research them. Do them. Do all that fun stuff. Get yourself on the draft network and use those mock draft tools. They're incredible. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to play football. Trubisky had plenty of chances. I can't believe he even got the chance to start this year, to be honest. So that's a halfway decent Bears team. There's weapons. Allen Robinson is playing for a contract. He looked outstanding again today, especially when Foles got in the game. He's going to get money probably in the next week or two here. I'm excited to see what happens with this Green Bay game because if Aaron Jones has another back-to-back uh, performance like he's done over the first two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. I said it last week. I can't believe it didn't happen. How do you not pay this guy? You have to. I right. realize they drafted a running back, and that's probably the situation right now is Green Bay doesn't know what to do. They, they don't want to get themselves into a Cleveland situation where what do we do if we have two superstars? Now, they, now Cleveland got Kareem Hunt to kind of bite on a smaller contract. There's just no way you do that. Aaron Jones will accept that. Aaron Jones is, you know... Elvin Kamara right now. And Elvin Kamara just took 14 and a half million, you know, 75 million over the next five. So Green Bay is definitely sitting on their hands right now, trying to figure out what to do with this running back situation. And no Devontae Adams tonight, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been playing well, but they're going to have to rely on that run game or at least the short pass game. I expect Jones to have a huge game, just a gigantic game. And that's a contract I'm watching for sure. So Allen Robinson, Aaron Jones, anybody sticking out for you that needs some money here? No, but I have a question with Jones. If he say they extended him now during the season, yeah, would his cap hit change in midseason, or yeah. does it work where it would be for next year? No, no, sir. the uh, The cap is always fluid, always, okay. <laughs> always fluid. They can they can adjust it as as they need to right now. So, yeah, that any kind of signing bonus would tack on the proration. If you needed to adjust his salary, it would prorate over the next fourteen weeks, things like that. So. Yep, it's a. Uh, does does it lock? Does the cap lock at the end of the season, or does with the NFL at, at four p.m. Eastern time every day the team has to be below a certain yep. aspect? Because I know in the NBA things lock with luxury tax last regular season game they lock. So no, with that with the hard cap every day at four p.m. Eastern you got to be compliant. So they've got to okay. make it work. Um, I don't even know what's Green Bay's situation. Do you have it in front of you there? Are they, no, are I don't. They, are they in decent shape? It's worth looking, I guess, to understand if they can even afford to tack on a mm-hmm. big signing bonus here to Aaron Jones. Yeah, they I mean, have seven and a half space. Right, right. So you know you could restructure if you needed to to maybe pull up some room. But taking Aaron Jones from you know two point one million, maybe maybe you'd go to four at the most. Uh, on, on an extension with a decent signing bonus. Honestly, you could you could do some really smart things here, which we've seen with a lot of these extensions. Uh, speaking of which, look, we had the Rams. You talked Bills there. You got to talk Rams a little bit too because they've they've fed a lot of mouths with money, and that defense is certainly back in good form. Jalen Ramsey played well. Aaron Donald was absolutely destructive. He's on that MVP list, by the way. He, he's one of the non-quarterbacks on the top list there. Him and Derrick Henry, as you would imagine, who had a big game as well. But Rams are for real. Jared Goff is playing good football right now. Carson Wentz is not. So if you want to talk about quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. uh, going in opposite directions, there's two for you right there. Do the Bills extend Josh Allen after 2020 when he becomes eligible? Or do they have to wait? Does everybody wait? Or is it better just to get it over with now? And I'm saying that knowing the cap is going to drop. It's going to drop. 
if he continues to do what he's doing and he shows the growth and they they see that this is the guy moving forward, you rip the Band-Aid off and you just get it done. Okay. Yeah. Is because, Josh Allen better than Deshaun Watson right now? Uh, right now. I mean, take the take our projection machine and all that stuff out of it. Just tell me the eye test. Is yeah. Yeah. So is that the yeah, number? I think so. Is that the number for Allen right now? Even if I tell you, you know, even if math tells you it's not there yet, is 39 million the number for him? 39 and a half up to 40? Here's I the, don't know. That, here, that's a tough. I, here's the problem, Scott. The problem is Lamar is still Lamar. And, correct. And, and if Baltimore does what they're going to do, Baltimore is going to pay him 42 minimum, foundationally. If, if you were if you're asking me, do I think Josh Allen is 39 million a year quarterback? No, but he is playing better than Watson at, at least at this juncture right now. So based on that logic, then you would say yes, <laughs> Allen has to get at least that 39 ish. But uh, I mean, there's that's a, why I said there's a very logical sort of world, like, Scott, where we've got three 40 million dollar quarterbacks next year. It's oh, going to be Mahomes. It's going to be Jackson. It's going to be Russell Wilson if we have to go and do that. And then it's going to be Watson on the fringe. And then Allen's going to be that next candidate, right? Yeah. And, and what what the NFL is actually, you know, on the verge of with all these quarterbacks and do you pay them or do you not or in between is how the NBA is where they extend these rookies at maximum Early. deals and they're and they're betting that they're going to continue to grow throughout that extent when they get to that extension and in that extension itself. So with the bills, that's why I say they have to see how he does with the remainder of this season. If he continues to grow and he doesn't put himself in a uh, manner of he's going to get his bell rung and he he is showing that the 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 line is going up for him then yes you pull you you pull that band-aid off now so that you can structure your cap hits however they're going to be with the thought of the cap is going to eventually go back up so then it may balance out in the long run it's actually it's actually interesting to get more specific about what you're saying because well, there's two points to make here. I'm going to start with this one. Everybody on that Bills team now knows that Tredavious White got fleeced. That's a tough mm -hmm. situation for Josh Allen to be in because he's sitting here, re you know, reacting to guys like me going out there and saying, man, you know, he was five days too early. Literally, it was five days. Yep. His 17.2 million stood up for five days and then Jalen Ramsey took it over 20 <laughs> in less than a week. He got fleeced. He got fleeced over the three-year cash, the guarantees, everything about it. Tredavious White's deal is a steal for the bills. Josh Allen knows it. Josh Allen's agent knows it. Timing is everything. And I just talked about Lamar Jackson, who's probably, you know, Baltimore's not going to wait. Almost definitely. They're not, they're going to pay him. But how do you do that? How do you time? How do you align those two you know, massively versatile quarterbacks who are going to be maybe a couple of million apart, but still blockbuster extensions. How does, how does Josh Allen and his camp stay out of the situation Tredavious White just got into? Because it's, it's devastating. I mean, it's not, you know, oh, he, he immediately jumped over him. He destroyed him. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey destroyed that contract that Tredavious White signed. Absolutely crushed it. So what, how do you do that? How does Josh Allen stay out of, you know, Lamar Jackson completely just taking over from a financial situation? So that's one. And then two, all of these teams are going to have that Patriots edge this offseason. And what I mean by that is the Patriots consistently work themselves right up to the cap so that when it comes time to extend or sign free mm -hmm. agents, they can say, man, we really, we, we love you. And we think you're a great fit here, but, you know, we can only make this this much work. Look at, I mean, the numbers are right there. They're right there in Spodrick. They're right there. Look, you know. So, it, it's just a cheesy leveraging point that they use. And you know, I'm maybe I'm, uh, you know, exaggerating that to some degree. But 
every every team does this. Every team takes leverage wherever they can get it. And when the cap drops 15 million next year, every team's going to use that. So does Josh Allen even want a contract next year? Because if I'm doing so, the the elite quarterback contracts are 20 percent of the cap in in a given year signed. 20% of 185, let's say it drops to 185, which is 10 million more than the NFL says they would allow it to drop. That's 37 million a year, mm-hmm. which based on the discussion we just had probably sounds about right, <laughs> right? It's more than Russ got. It's a little less than Watson got, but it's right there. It's, it's, it's the second tier of elite quarterback money, but I'm not sure Josh Allen should, should allow that because I truly think Lamar Jackson's going north of 40, no matter what. I think he's going north of 40. So isn't that Tredavious White and Jalen Ramsey all over again? If Josh Allen takes 37 a year, regardless of how the guarantees are structured? Yeah, if, if you're if you're the Buffalo Bills, you want to rip the Band-Aid off, like I said, oh, they right want away. To. Because you want, you want, you want no to get the value. If you're Josh Allen's agent, you want Lamar to sign and then say, all right, we know Josh Allen is... 85, 90%, whatever percentage you put on that of Lamar. And if Lamar goes at 42, then that gets us at 39, 38, because we know in realistic terms that we're not better than the 42. So if you think of it from that standpoint, then Allen and his agent, they want to wait. So it's going to be... It may come down to Buffalo is going to have to sweeten the deals a a little bit more than they probably want to to get it done early Um, and and then see what happens with with Lamar after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably right. I mean, Deshaun Watson got 75 million over the next three years. It's not that's not huge money. You know, many of these extensions that happen this offseason are pushed way down the line. They're they're heavily backloaded because of the cap situation we all know we're getting into here. So uh, that's fine. But we just started this conversation by saying Josh Allen needs to stay up, stay on his feet. Right. Correct. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if Buffalo wants to deal with that. Buffalo knows right. their windows d- don't just stick around forever. They don't. They're in a they're in a great window right now. They're in probably year one and a half of this window. And. You know, it's a maximum four-year window. That's just how these things generally operate, unless you're the Patriots from 2000. But I just think the days of saying, all right, you're our franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, that's kind of silly. It's ludicrous, especially a guy with this kind of volatile running running habits, you know? Um, so well, look, I, if I'm Allen, if I'm Allen or I'm the Bills, I think I'm looking to front-load this. So... That's what I'm saying. If Buffalo offers him a front-loaded but lessened contract next year using this this drop in salary cap as leverage, that might be enticing to Josh Allen to say, holy cow, I'm getting $100 over the next three, which is way more than Watts. You know what I'm saying? Like if they they pump $100 over the next three, which is way more than Mahomes and Watson got, but but might be actually in line with Lamar's contract, uh, Allen might not be able to say no to that. But... If he, well, but if he it, goes before Lamar, just be just be prepared. That's all I'm saying because Lamar's coming it, in big. And, and that's a great point because if you do it in that sense, then that's that would override his 2021 season, that fourth year of the of his current contract. Yeah. It would override the 2022, which would be that fifth year option, yeah. and then it would override that franchise year franchise tag. Yeah. And then you can move on if you need to, but right. you at least have signed him for those two extra years that, you know, let's not play around with that. We've got him for at least three more. See where we go. Because look, you, you mentioned it earlier, Carson Wentz, look at what happened. They signed him and now he does not, it does not look like a, that contract is going to age well right now. They so, signed him early. They signed Jared Goff and did. Carson Wentz early, which is what we're offering here for Allen as well. But you're right. It's about the structure. It, it's about, you know, how impactful do you make those first three years or do you have to lessen the load a little, knock in that fourth-year guarantee, and in Goff and Wentz's case, knock in that fifth-year rolling guarantee early. So that's, the, that's why they're stuck. Their dead cap lives in four and, years four and five. But if Buffalo can figure out a way to structure this thing where you're right, it's kind of a good faith gesture. The, the Bills know they have this guy locked up for the next three years. 
year four, already already guaranteed. Year five, yep. they can exercise that option. Year six, they have that franchise tag. And oh, by the way, we've seen it a couple times now. Year seven, the double franchise tag if they need. Because there's TV money coming. There's going to be a cap explosion somewhere that's going to allow for double franchise tags to be a thing. So the Bills can just kind of slow play this thing if they want. They're, they've got the leverage in that regard. But they could also kind of fast play it like I just mentioned and say, all right, let's just throw those options out the window. I'll give you $100 million over the next three to be our quarterback. We want to win over the next three years anyway. And then we're going to make a decision together in year four. Now, the agent's going to hate it. Let's just put this out there. Agent's going to hate it. But like I said, is Josh Allen going to turn that down? I don't know. No. I don't know if he is. I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't, know I don't, what, I don't think he will. But. So it's something to watch. Hey, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Yeah, let me ask you this. Going back to Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm looking at his market value at 46 right now and with it's going to be interesting when we when we throw in the statistics from today and you update his market value do you think he's going to be 50 million you think he'll be over 50 i I truly don't think he's going to surpass mahomes i I mean that okay i I truly with with logic in as my as the engines in my train here i do not think he will surpass 45 million i think russ's contract is going to be a lot smarter this time it's not going to be about that average annual it's just not. Aaron Rodgers did this. Aaron Rodgers decided, I want cash. Aaron Rodgers made $90 million over the first two years, just banking off it, a little less, about $85 million. He had bonus after bonus. He had big roster bonuses that kind of like were spread out two weeks apart. He had so much cash in hand to start that next contract. That's what it was all about for him. And I'm not saying Russ wants or needs that, but I think on an exaggerated version of what we're seeing with Josh Allen, that's the kind of veteran contract that Russell Wilson should be should be looking for now. Just really impactful over the next look at he's not 40. He's 31, right? 30 is he 31 going on 32? I mean, he is not an old man yet. And oh by the way, he's yeah, not he's not right. getting hit. He's not getting sacked. He's not even running that much anymore. I mean, he is he is so intelligent with how his football is is played right now that Look, I could be completely wrong. I could this, this could be, you know, the Mike Trout, Bryce Harper situation where you and I sat here back and forth and said these guys should take two-year deals and, and reset the market every three years. You know, that's, that's sort of what I'm saying for Russ. But at the same time, he's been durable. I don't think he wants to leave Seattle, although there have been some rumblings. He could just sign a 10-year deal. He could do it, right? I don't think anybody would gawk at it. But to me, it's about quick, impactful money, and uh, just up your annies. Somewhat of a restructure is really all I'm saying. Less about the average per year, more about locking in guaranteed money and cash in hand, similar to what Aaron Rodgers did. And then if, you know, the wheels fall off at age 34, 35, like maybe Green Bay was planning for with the Jordan Love draft pick, then everybody can kind of move on from there. But it's an interesting conversation because with three years left right now, nobody has to do anything. Seattle doesn't have to move an inch on Russell Wilson but he is playing himself into all these conversations. He's just been fantastic. So MVP, yeah, Super Bowl, and new contract. That's what we're talking about with our Russell Wilson. All right, Scott, good stuff. We'll uh, keep up with the uh, NBA postseason here. We're heading towards the finals. Big game with Boston. Yeah, who right do you now. have? Who are your picks for uh, World Series? Oof. Let's you wait. Got? You didn't go- I want to wait. You want to wait? I want to wait because okay. I want to see odds first. I want to give you a betting pick and then a, just a, an eye test pick. So we'll do that on okay. the next show for sure. But... Look at I'm the, uh, you know my NBA picks. They were picked in October. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and you're I, almost dead on here. We'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm all in on the Boston Celtics right now. We'll see how it it's happens. Close, it's it's close at halftime right now. So we, we will we shall see. But I, that Miami team, we called it when we talked. That's all that, you. That man. was a dark. No, that's all I, you. I, well, I said dark, dark horse for the money. I didn't pick them in the beginning of the season, but uh, that's a dark horse team for that money. So we'll see. I. Me personally, I would love to see right now if I had to pick Miami and L.A. because I think Miami is a team that would love to just punch them in the face and say, what's up? But um, how many people are betting Nick Foles for the MVP and the Chicago Bears for the Super Bowl right now? Oh, wow. Um, I have to think there's good action on that right now. Yeah, I bet. I mean, this was the plan. This was Foles knows the system. He's going to use these weapons better. He's going to take it on and go there. It's a complete overreaction because the Falcons defense is is just an absolute abysmal mess. But 
that's probably good action right now if you're a betting man. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I think uh, as MVP, I, if I had to pick one or the two, I, I would put ooh, I would put the Bears to go maybe to the Super Bowl. <laughs> because over of the defense. Winning. Yeah. Yeah, because of the defense. And I don't think between Russell Wilson or Lamar or Mahomes, those three are odds on right now going to win the MVP. I don't think Foles, unless he can light it up like Russell Wilson is right now. I mean, Wilson is hands down MVP right now. If the season ended right now. So to, to me, there's um, only one player that can catch Russ and it's cam because cam's storyline will, will, yes. will carry him. If his stats can, can, can build up, if he can get enough momentum, win enough games and have enough production, the storyline of replacing Brady, having the dirt cheap contract, it kind of yeah. writes its own story. You know what I mean? So it does. To me, he's the player and he's sitting fifth or sixth right now in the, in the odds. So that's but, probably where I throw my money. But with that being said, the NBA is more about the storyline than NFL is. I think used to be, I think the, I think, the I, think, NFL I think a lot of things in the NBA are going to come, are going to trickle out to other sports, Scott. I really do. I, I think this bubble situation that the NBA just put on just completely substantiates them as the premier league. Tr- truly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I've seen a lot of issues with the, with the awards, especially with LeBron and what his statistics were yeah. compared to what Giannis was and the back and forth and all of that. I mean, I, it, I know it's media clickbait, but what I'm what I'm saying is NBA is more of a narrative for who wins, whereas NFL is not necessarily a narrative. So I think Russell, based on the stats itself, would win him the MVP over Cam and that storyline if it was close. I, I would completely disagree with you. I think okay. I think Russell would be the offensive player of the year because of the stats. And and Cam would yes. be the most valuable player of the year. But okay. this is the media discussion you're, you're talking about. It always yes. goes wrong. It always goes backwards. So it does. to me, what I just said is logical, but <laughs> I don't think it ever works out that way. All right, Scott, good stuff. My thanks to The Athletic. Yep. Visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off. Get yourself a hit parade mystery memorabilia box. Get some of these superstars, signed jerseys, signed helmets, signed hats, signed bats, signed balls, signed cards. DACardworld.com. My thanks to Scott Allen. My name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>